Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here. Today I'm going to be sharing with you Week 16 NFL predictions. But before we get into Week 16, let's talk just a little bit about Week 15. In my picks for Week 15, I went 12 and 4. I think that's a pretty good record. I'm pretty content with that. A few surprises in there, like the Jaguars beating the Cowboys, and I didn't expect the Lions to beat the Jets. But here I've pulled three games aside to detail a little bit more with you. First, the Vikings beating the Colts. I did predict this one correctly, but if you watch that first half, there was probably less than a 1% chance of this pick turning out correctly. But it did, because the Minnesota Vikings were down 33 to nothing and pulled off the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. That is just wild. When I talk about the Vikings game this weekend, I'll talk more about how that happened. But with this win, the Vikings also officially clinched their division. The second game I have highlighted here is the Bills beating the Dolphins. Going into this, you know it's a huge divisional matchup. And the Dolphins winning could have really shook things up in terms of who was going to win this division. That did not happen. The Bills won. I did predict this one correctly again. With the win, the Bills clinch a playoff spot, and essentially the division. I mean, they're 11 and 3 now, the Dolphins 8 and 6. It's not going to happen for the Dolphins. Then the final game I highlighted was the Lions beating the Jets. These, this is an inter-conference matchup, Lions-NFC, Jets-AFC. Not something you see too often in a given season, but still, these this game held huge playoff implications individually for each team fighting for the wild card. My prediction was incorrect. I had my Jets winning. And with the Lions winning this game, playoff hopes very much alive. Very, very much improved to 500. Just half a game back of the Commanders, whereas the Jets' playoff chances take a hit. 8-6 and six would have been the record if we won. We would actually be sitting in a playoff spot going into today, if we had won. Speaking about today, today the New York Jets play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the first game of Week 16. That's how we will kick this week off with an interesting Thursday night matchup. I was talking a couple weeks ago about uh, when Mike White was coming up previewing this Jaguars matchup a little bit, saying it would have been nice to see Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence uh, came from the same draft class. Would have been a nice rookie QB matchup to see. And I guess be careful what you wish for is the lesson there, because that's exactly what's happening tonight. Zach Wilson started this past Sunday, and he's going to start again tonight. Who knows if he would have started if Mike White is not injured. Of course, the Jet staff will say, yes, this was planned, but I, I don't know that it was. You know, I don't know if Zach Wilson would have started if not for Mike White, because Mike White was doing all right. But there's no point dwelling on what could have been. Zach is the guy. And in his first game, I know there's some hate from him. He threw one terrible interception, risky throws, but he, he takes shots. And the shots that he took in this game paid off big time. There was a play in the first half. Could have ran for the first down. Instead, found Garrett Wilson. Gained 35 yards. 
instead of the five that he would have gotten running. It's these little things that he has seemed to have perfected, in my opinion. We didn't see these risky throws panning out. He took a lot of them in the first game against New England. Didn't work out through three picks. And it was kind of a different Zach Wilson, in an essence. Use CJ Uzama, finally incorporating the tight ends, had a big touchdown, had two touchdowns. Actually, one of them was the huge 50-yarder, the other one was one yard. But still, it was nice to see. Other quarterback, T-Law, of course, he is absolutely on fire. He's revived the Jaguars' playoff hope somehow. They're 6-8, and eight, and yet contending for the AFC South division. I'm picking the Jets to win this game under the assumption that Quinn and Williams, who is a game-time decision, is going to play. To me, that is the key for the Jets. And not just Quinnen, but the entire pass rush. Because that did not happen against the Lions. Jared Goff had uh, all day. He probably could have counted 10 Mississippi if he wanted to. And the pocket still would have uh, held up. That's how inexistent the Jets' pass, ru- pass rush was this past weekend. And Quinnen Williams obviously was missed so dearly. If he plays tonight, that gives the Jets a huge, huge edge that they need. Furthermore, this uh, game tonight is going to be played in a lot of rain and cold rain, hovering on the level of freezing rain. Jaguars, uh, being down in Florida, can't be too used to that, so Jets kind of have some additional home field advantage tonight. Then, this is Christmas weekend we're coming up on. I want to wish all my followers a happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas. Sorry, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, or whatever holidays you're celebrating, because this is going to be my last podcast before the holidays, so I just want to wish everyone well. And how fun is it that we get to see football this weekend, this Christmas weekend, starting out on Christmas Eve of the 1 o'clock games. The first one up is the Falcons at the Ravens. Give me the Ravens in this one. The Ravens' defense has been so key recently for them. It has been what has kept them in so many of the games that they really could have lost. And it did its job, more or less, this past weekend in Cleveland. Was not enough to get the win, but this defense against the Falcons is imperative. That is what they need to focus on because the offense has been lacking for them. Lamar Jackson is going to miss his third straight game, and it's been noticed. Tyler Huntley is no Lamar Jackson. He could run every now and then, but the passing game, definitely not on the same level as Lamar. And I don't think he possesses the same speed, not as much of a speed demon. But he will be starting. He will be starting. He is also dealing with a shoulder injury, I believe, on his throwing arm. Gonna start, though. With that loss last week, the Ravens have lost the division lead that they held for so many weeks in a row. But the Bengals, off on their win streak, have passed them. On the other side, the Falcons, Ritter has to be better. His first NFL game didn't even reach 100 passing yards. And if your quarterback can't do that, I don't see how you're going to win, unless you have the best defense in the NFL, which is not the case for the Falcons. One game back of Tampa Bay, the Falcons are still alive in this playoff hunt. Could happen. But this is a game that the Falcons really, really need if they want to have any hopes of the playoffs.
Next one up is maybe the most intense playoff implication game of this week. The Lions at the Panthers. I bet against the Lions last week, against my Jets, did not work out. I'm not making this mistake again, because the Lions are red hot. Red hot. Won six out of seven. That's why I'm taking the Lions. This football team, I don't know if people remember this, the first seven games of the year. They were one and six. They had no defense. It was giving up 30, 40 point games left and right. Their offense even got shut out once or twice. I remember one game against New England where they could get nothing going. But it's been a complete flip. Been an absolute complete flip. They start out 1-6 and six in their first seven. Next seven, 6-1. and one. It just goes to show you this no-quit attitude that so many of these teams possess. The Dolphins last year were 1-7 and seven, up until all the way the last week uh, maybe second to last week of the season, they were fighting as well. So we're kind of seeing another version of that. Because of the Lions' tenacious play, only a half a game out of a wildcard spot. Commanders 7-6-1 and one lead them uh, just because of their tie, really. So that, that's the half a game difference. So they're they're right in position to surpass them and make the playoffs. For the Panthers, Darnold finally lost a game. I mean, it was pretty... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was interesting to see Darnold succeeding against the Broncos and then against the Seahawks. Because, you know, the Jets gave him up. Not a very good tenure of the Jets in his brief time with us. Or I shouldn't say brief. His couple, several years with us. So it's been interesting to see him play again. And he's gotten the Panthers just one game behind the Bucks for the division. And as long as they maintain this distance of one game back of the Buccaneers, they're going to verse again. And that game could very well decide who is going to win this division. After that game, we have the Seahawks at the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs did have to fend off the Texans in overtime last weekend, which is very interesting. I, I don't want to say concerning, because they're up there, they're they're going to be in the playoffs, they've clinched and all that, but y if you want to handle a playoff team, you have to handle the Houston Texans, and it, it wasn't handling. I'd say they eked out a win there in OT. The Seahawks are also slipping, not playing their best football, they had this amazing start that nobody saw them having, only to go now and lose four out of their last five. Kind of a similar experience that I'm dealing with as a Jets fan. So I understand your pain, Seahawks fans. Despite that, the Seahawks are still fighting for a wildcard spot, and the Chiefs are obviously they're fighting for the first seed in the AFC. So, implications with this one for sure. Next game is the Saints at the Browns. I'm going to have to take the Cleveland Browns in this matchup. The Browns' defense absolutely shut down the Ravens last uh, Saturday. That's what won them the game. They held them to one field goal. One field goal. Justin Tucker did miss another one, uh, but, you know, bad conditions... 
and even the best kicker will sometimes suffer, but the Ravens cannot get it into the end zone. Their wide receiving their wide receivers are not very stacked. They have one of the worst receiving cores in this league. And especially when you have a backup quarterback that's not Lamar Jackson, that is not going to possess that ability to run when there's a lull in the game. This is going to happen. You know, the offense is going to be not up to par. And this could wind up costing them the division. And they're not clinched for a playoff spot yet. I mean, the way they're playing, they might lose out and miss out on this playoff again entirely. They were so close last year, but lost to the Steelers on the final week, and they're kind of blowing it again. The Saints, though, uh, the team versing the Browns, they beat the Falcons to keep their small divisional hopes alive. They got swept by the Buccaneers. So if it does come down to a tiebreaker, Bucks would take that. Alvin Kamara is kind of the one notable player on their team. Very talented running back, you know. I I could see him listed in the top five, maybe not this year, but in certain years and with the skill he possesses. Other than that, it's been Andy Dalton doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Nothing too exciting. The next game is the Texans at the Titans, and I have my first upset of the week here, and I will tell you why. I am taking the Texans because they've been playing much better. There's no denying that. And they've been doing it against good teams. The Cowboys. Let's look. The Cowboys are very much an offensive and defensive team. Great running back pair. They have Dak Prescott, great quarterback. And their defense, which has been so good all over the year, they exposed that. They did. They also picked off Dak Prescott two times, their defense giving them a boost. They did fall just short. Same thing, overtime uh, this weekend against the Chiefs. They fell short, but not many teams can take the Chiefs to overtime. Only three teams this year have managed to beat the Chiefs, and only one has managed to take them to overtime, and that's the Texans. Then the Titans have just completely fallen off. Four straight losses. Ryan Tannehill injury last week. He could be out for the year after the ankle got hurt. And Malik Willis is back. Malik Willis is going to start again. It's been not a great start to his career. He's done nothing special, and he's had opportunities to do so. He actually versed the Texans in the first meeting between the Titans and Texans this season. While the Titans did wind up winning by seven, Willis only had 10 passing attempts for 55 total yards, which is just dreadful. Basically, the story of that first meeting was handed off to Derrick Henry three times out of four. Three out of four snaps in the hands of Henry. This is a more tenacious Texans team. They're out of the playoffs, and yes, they want to hold a good draft pick, but they're playing with grit. They're determined to maybe shake things up, and this could be a huge, huge game for the Titans because they're barely clinging on to that division. Jaguars are right behind them. All right, then the next game that we have on the schedule is the Bengals at the Patriots. I'm taking the Bengals. The Bengals, probably the only team 
in this league that's hotter than the Lions, they've won six in a row. They control their own destiny going forward uh, for the AFC North. Last three games are tough, so that's a little bit easier said than done. Patriots, Bills, and Ravens. None of those are guaranteed wins, because the Ravens and Patriots, and Bills actually, too, don't want to discredit them, all great defenses to go up against. The Patriots, the Bengals' opponent, uh, as a Jets fan, after going to that Jets loss in person, it made me feel better to see the heartbreaking Patriots loss that took place in Las Vegas. They led it 24-17, to under 5 minutes to go in the game. The Raiders have this drive, 4th and 10. They convert, keep it alive, go all the way down to get a touchdown with about 40 seconds left. Patriots take over, get it up to around midfield. With 3 seconds on the clock, it was later revealed Bill Belichick doesn't think Mac Jones could throw a Hail Mary from that far. So, they give it to Ramondre, who was fantastic that game, 172 yards and a touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson winds up with the ball. He's running, he's running, he does a lateral back, and it eventually falls in the hands of Jacoby Myers, who does this wild lateral back to the middle of the field where the only Patriot is Mac Jones, who is not expecting Jacoby Myers to wildly do that into the middle of the field, and it falls into the hands of the Raiders, who easily pummel over the only Patriot back, Mac Jones, take it home for the wild game-winning touchdown. Definitely the highlight of that Raiders season otherwise been very disappointing. And wow, this could wind up costing the Patriots a playoff appearance because 7-7 seven and seven and 8-6, and six, huge difference between that. They fall out of the 7th seed, passed by the Chargers. And with what they have left, the Bengals, the Bills, the Dolphins, they are, uh, the odds are just very stacked against them at this point in the season. Huge missed opportunity for them. And I don't think they're going to get back on track against a team as good as the Bengals. The game next up on the slate is the Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings. The Giants did beat the Commanders, claiming the season series because uh, first game was a tie. This just drastically boosts their playoff hopes for the Giants massive massive win up to 8-5 and 1 now or no sorry yes yes my apologies 8-5 and 1 they hold the 6th wild card spot for now the 3 NFC East teams are the 3 wild cards but that could be changing anyway looking at the Vikings last week performance as a neutral or i mean as a semi-neutral in this one. I, I wanted the Vikings to win. But to watch this unfold was wild. 33 nothing, Down at halftime. I don't know what Kevin O'Connell could have told his defense, his offense. Fans were booing throughout this first half. And even going nearer the end of the third quarter, Vikings were still down by three scores. But somehow... A resurgence occurred, and the Vikings tied up the game at 36 at the end of regulation. It was 33-0, and in the second half, Vikings outscored the Colts by a score of 36-3. to 
And this is because of their offense, just an overwhelming offense. There's no man that could be left unmarked because everyone can hurt you in a different way. JJ could hold on to any ball you want him to. He could go anywhere on the field, he could run any route, and he has the most safe hands of any receiver you could pick. KJ Osborne, lightning fast, so is Adam Thielen. Those are not easy guys to keep up with. KJ Osborne, huge performance, should have been even greater, but had that catch unfortunately ruled out, would have been even better. And TJ Hawkinson, that tight end, maybe one of the best moves that any team could have made in free agency. It gives them that extra X factor. When the wide receivers aren't working, use TJ. Dalvin Cook, of course, also in the backfield. Huge, huge, huge guy to have. So the Vikings go into overtime, and they get the win. Game-winning field goal from Joseph, and they pull off the comeback of all comebacks. Just incredible. Kind of... No words can describe the magnitude of this comeback. So after something as uplifting as that, you have to think that they're going to go out and beat the Giants. After that final 1 o'clock game on Christmas Eve is the Bills at the Bears. I'm giving this one to the Bills, pretty confident about that. The Bills beat the Dolphins on a game-winning field goal. In the game that we thought was going to be filled with snow, snow waited till the fourth quarter to show up, but it just made those last 10 minutes or so more dramatic. That's what it did. And with that, they, like I said earlier when I was talking about the Dolphins, this clinched the Bills a playoff spot and basically the Division two. Looking at the Bears, they kept it close against the 13-1 Eagles last week. And that's pretty impressive from a young team. To hold that Eagles offense as they did for a while is not easy. Jalen Hurts did wind up getting injured in that, by the way. But looking at the Bills quarterback and the Bears quarterback, Fields and Allen, two quarterbacks who love to use their legs, both top five in the league in quarterback rushing yards. So that could be the story of this game, watching the quarterbacks keep it themselves. Then the four o'clock Christmas Eve games, only two, one at four and one at 425. The four o'clock one is the Commanders at the 49ers. The Niners' defense is unstoppable. I just love watching that defense. I'm a fan of defensive football. I am. It's fun to watch cornerbacks and safeties, and it's fun to watch linemen get sacks, all that stuff. And the Niners just can do it all. That's the reason why they beat the Seahawks. Geno Smith has led such a commanding offense all year, and they got it done. And Brock Purdy is the guy who's been very solid. But when you look at any quarterback change, which they've had to deal with several times this year, they have the glue and the structure inside of that defense to make any game they want winnable, no matter who the quarterback is offensively. And I think that's going to take them far this year and definitely give them the win, in my opinion, this weekend against a Washington team who does hold the seventh seed in the NFC, only though half a game ahead of those teams chasing them, like the Lions and the Seahawks. So, this one does hold some implications for both teams. I should also mention the Niners are in competition with Minnesota for the number two seed. 
America's Game of the Week on Christmas Eve. It's a classic matchup. The Eagles at the Cowboys. Two fan bases that really hate each other. And in this one, I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys. Gardner Minshew is starting for the first time this year. Jalen Hurts, of course, uh, injured his shoulder in the last game against the Bears, so it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. I know someone who closely follows Gardner Minshew, always raves about him, and he is an underappreciated quarterback in this league. His only real opportunity was with the Jaguars, and we know how many holes the Jaguars have in their team outside of the quarterback position, and he honestly could be a starter with some of these teams in this league. But he's getting a chance to shine. Unfortunately, I think the Cowboys will be too much for the Eagles. Cowboys, I know, lost to the Jags in overtime, didn't do that well against the Texans, and Dak Prescott, I'm kind of pointing the finger at you. Four picks in the last two games, that can't be happening, including one very late that sealed the game for the Jaguars, game-winning interception in that one. And then the offense for the Cowboys, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, definitely a top running back duo in the NFL. That, I think, is what's going to lead them to victory against the Eagles. Playoff implications do uh, matter in this game. Both teams have clinched a wild card, and the division is still technically open. If the Cowboys can find a way to win, they'll be two games back of the Eagles. They would have to win out, and the Eagles would have to lose out. Then Christmas Eve, Sunday Night Football, is the last game on Christmas Eve. It features the Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have an upset in this one. The Steelers are favorites to win with Kenny Pickett coming back, but I'm taking the Raiders. The Raiders are playing much, much better football. They are playing at the level that I expected them to going into this season. And the catalyst in this is Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. He is that guy. He is the leader. He's having a career year. Uh, He had that massive game against the Seahawks, won the game with a crazy rushing touchdown, and he just looks unstoppable. Any way you want to do it, whether you want to do it outside, up the middle, he can evade tacklers, and he could burst through your defense. And they were gifted a win, as I was talking about earlier. makes me laugh every time I think about that. Jacoby Myers lateral against the Patriots. They were up by two touchdowns, blew the lead, but their defense wound up winning them the game after a very questionable third and fourth quarter defensively. Kenny Pickett is going to start, as I mentioned a minute ago, for the Steelers this week, and that's something that's drawing concern. He was out with a concussion, or in concussion protocol, I should say, the previous game against the Falcons. No, no, sorry, the Panthers this past weekend. He's coming back and people aren't too happy about it. We all saw what happened with Tua Tungavailoa earlier in the year. Very, very scary. And I don't know, because you have to respect the player and what he wants. But if he is concussed or if he's in danger of head trauma or 
anything like that. I'm not a doctor, but then he should not be taking the field. Just my opinion. Anyway, taking the Raiders in that one. And now, we move into NFL Christmas games. Christmas has fallen on a Sunday this year, and we're going to have the opportunity to watch football while we're with our families, opening presents. Some of you looking at snow outside your window. It's just going to be a lot of fun. The first of the three Christmas games is the Packers at the Dolphins. As a Jets fan, I would absolutely love for the Packers to knock off the Dolphins, one of the teams the Jets are chasing. But I'm picking the Dolphins to win this game. The Dolphins have been on a skid. Losers of three straight games. Tua has fallen off in those games. Left out of the Pro Bowl as a result, interestingly. The key for them is Tyree Kill, yes, but also Raheem Mostert has finally gotten the Dolphins' run game going, not making it look just one-dimensional of the pass, which is what you need in a skid. You need other options. He needs to take advantage of Green Bay's rushing defense. They're ranked 29th in the NFL. Huge, huge opportunity for Mostert in this game. And the Dolphins, of course, fighting for the wildcard spot. As I just mentioned, they need to uh, string some wins together. Second game on Christmas, a little bit less exciting. Two teams that are out of it, the Broncos and the Rams. I'm picking the Broncos. Russell Wilson is starting again after that great effort we saw against the Chiefs. We saw a little bit of Seattle Russell Wilson instead of the garbage that has been displayed for him this year. So hopefully we'll see that uh, version of Russell again. The Rams resting, I shouldn't say resting, but so many of their players dealing with injuries and things like that, resting for the remainder of this season because the Super Bowl champions are out of the playoffs with three games to go. Not what McVay or the Rams fans envisioned or hoped for this year. But, you know, it's a learning experience. You had last year. After this year, you have to regroup, think things through, maybe make a couple of changes if you think it's necessary, but this is a good team. On paper, very, very talented. You have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, all guys that haven't been the same versions that we saw last year. And would it be Christmas if you didn't get to see Tom Brady? He will be playing on the night of Christmas, Buccaneers at Cardinals. Give me the Buccaneers in this one. As a Jets fan, it's not much of a Christmas present to see Brady win, but I think it's kind of inevitable. He's going up against a Cardinals team in which absences have just hurt them so bad, so bad this year. D-Hop wasn't with them to start. Zach Ertz gets injured. Kyler Murray with a torn ACL. It's just been a season where so much has gone wrong for them, and I feel bad. I do. They're, they were the last undefeated team in the NFL last year. Didn't have a great second half of the season last year, and of course this year, downhill for them. But on the other side, this game is crucially meaningful for the Buccaneers, because Tom Brady is in danger of missing the playoffs. That never happens for Brady. I, I can't remember 
Tom Brady not being a part of that playoff. It's, it's certainly against uh, the Tom Brady way, the Brady way. Certainly against that. They're only one game ahead of the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. So all teams in that division could technically still win it. That's very exciting. I mean, it takes me back a little bit to a couple of years ago when we saw the 7-9 and nine Washington football team they were at the time take home the division title and make the playoffs. That's what we're kind of seeing again this year. And it's very kind of interesting to see these teams with losing records make the playoffs when there's teams with winning records in other conferences that are going to miss out. Just always found that interesting. But it's the way it's set up. And Brady, I think you're going to get this win on Christmas. One more game to go in Week 16. It is the Chargers at the Colts on Monday night. And Indianapolis. Can I just ask you, Jeff Saturday, what the hell was that? How do you blow the 33 to nothing lead? Just how? He has made a change because of it. I mean, I don't know if it's going to help that much. Nick Foles is starting. So this is going to be the third quarterback we see for Indy this year. We've gone through Ryan, brief Sam Ellinger stint, back to Ryan. Now Nick Foles. Last week, even though there was 36 points on the final scoreboard for the Colts, their offense did not do much. Keep in mind the field position that they were delivered so many times by Minnesota because there was the fourth down that they didn't convert. There was a blocked punt. There was a fake punt that was incomplete. And the blocked punt was returned for a touchdown, by the way, by the special teams. And then there was a pick six that also was another touchdown for them. So the, the Colts offense is not responsible for that many of those points to begin with. Then also Jonathan Taylor, he sustained an injury. He's going to be done for the rest of the year, which is upsetting to see because he had a fantastic year last year. I mean, hopefully he rests up this year, gets back to what we saw last year because I thought he was going to lead the Colts to great things this year. It just hasn't worked out. And talking a lot about playoffs and the picture and all that, the Colts are alive. At 4-9-1, and one, somehow their playoff chances are still there. In order for them to make the playoffs, it's a lot that would have to happen. The Titans would have to lose out. The Jaguars would have to lose their next two and then beat Tennessee in the final week. And the Colts would have to win out. I mean, it's ridiculous. The Colts are really, they're not going to be there. The Chargers, on the other hand, looking like they are going to be there. Justin Herbert playing much better. 8-6 and six now, the Chargers are. And with the teams that they have to verse in the last three games, Colts, Rams, Broncos, all teams that are out of it, really, they should be on their way to a playoff berth. And yeah, it's a very interesting week of football we have ahead. As I said earlier, I wish you all Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and all that. And thank you very much for listening. This is Week 16 NFL Predictions. And I've been WFAN the Kid.